Welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people making an impact in the fresh produce sector. We'll take a deep dive into what they do and find out how they're helping to reduce the amount of food lost or wasted along the farm to fork journey. But before we get started, did you know that according to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, around 45% of the world's fruits and vegetables go to waste each year? If you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a part of the industry or simply a consumer, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today. Now, time for your host, Mitchell Denton. Hi there, and welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people of interest across the food supply chain. Today on our show, I'm joined by Jonathan Goshen, from Yeet Proteins, who I'll be talking to about how their yeast-based protein products are a more sustainable, cost-effective, and scalable protein for the food industry. So with no further delays, let's get started. Well, good morning, Jonathan. Thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm fine. Good morning, Mitch. It's great that you are hosting me on this uh, lovely podcast. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Before we get into it, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and maybe a fun fact about yourself. All right, cool. My name is Jonathan Goshen. I'm married to Ilanit, father of Itai, 20 years old, boy mm-hmm. and Alma, nine years old. And we actually born and live in Israel. Hmm. My background is coming from the biz dev, sales, management arena, and previously starting the startup uh, with the other co-founder. I was working in Palantir, the big data company. I was actually living part of the time in Asia Pacific region, even traveling to Australia and New Zealand for several times, doing some sales in APAC and running a portable x-ray system company where we develop and sell portable system for security and NDT. I, I, I'm not sure that it's a funny fact, but a nice personal fact that every time yeah. that I'm traveling abroad with uh, Alma, one of the first things that we are doing is going to a toy shop and buy new Lego and right after going to the hotel and building <laughs> it up. No movement, no movement till it's done. Yeah, yeah. I've got a nephew who's really into Lego at the moment. And it's kind of, it's rebirthed in myself, my own childhood love of Lego as well. So I get it. I understand. They're, um, they're highly addictive. But before we get bogged down in Lego talk, let's talk farm to fork. So you've told us a little bit about yourself and what you do, but I was just wondering, what was the journey that led to the creation of your yeast-based protein company? So actually it started, uh, it's not the 40 years old age crisis, but it started around that time. Yeah, I wanted to start something from scratch, uh, mm-hmm. walking against the hordes and take an idea and convert it into something real, a business. Mm-hmm. For many years, my wife and myself were talking about kind of the idea of recycling, the ability to use, reuse element that we use once. And that even got stronger once we enrolled our daughter to an environmental kind of nature school. And we saw how much attention is mm. coming in that direction with the little children. Mm. Uh, my wife is coming from the fashion and clothing and retail industry. And she actually started to expose us to several super interesting startups that involve both fashion and mm. let's say sustainability reuse. 
and even led us to do some investments in that field. Mm. Saying all of that, a few years ago, a friend of mine came with an idea to have a solution for a soluble plastic and wanted mm -hmm. me to lead the project and with it to enter the Kitchen Up Incubator. It's a well-known incubator in Israel that is under the Strauss Group. The Strauss Group is one of the largest, the biggest food manufacturer in Israel. Unfortunately, it didn't work out and she decided not to join the incubator. But several months later, the leaders of the incubator contact me and say, listen, we have another entrepreneur with an idea. I think that you will like it as an idea and you yeah. will get along great together. So that's how I met Idia Tubia yeah. and Dominic Grabinski. Mm -hmm. And so besides creating something from scratch and upcycling used material into food, I also met great people and we started at September 2020. Yeah, great. I see that the protein market has a number of alternatives ranging from animal-based through to soy and pea-based proteins. What, what are the advantages that yeast-based protein has over these alternatives? So looking, looking at the yeast itself, not the yeast protein, but the yeast protein itself is a great source of protein. It's a complete protein mm -hmm. with nine essential amino acids. It's even accepted by vegans. Mm -hmm. It's non-GMO, no allergens, and it's already grass certified and Nobel food. Mm. Saying that, the eat protein, we actually, with our process, what we know to do is to take the side stream of industrial processes and changing them and converting them into functional protein. That it's not only functional protein, but it's also a concentrated protein. Our actually protein can replace the functionality of an egg, the soy, mm -hmm. and the milk protein with the advantages of functional and concentrated, allowing amazing creamy texture, very high PD cost, even higher than soy, allow us to scale it up easily because we are mm -hmm. using existing production lines, yeah. allow the creation of clean label product for the food manufacturer because it's made by only one ingredient. Mm -hmm. We have a resilient supply chain. We can use several streams coming from several industries, from several geographies, so we are not limited by climate or geopolitical changes. And the last thing, and one of the beauty of that, is that sustainability, upcycle food, circular economy is embedded not as a slogan, but rather the real thing, and that's mainly what people are after those days. No, that's fantastic. So I see that Yeep has a focus on tackling a range of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Would you mind expanding on the different SDG areas that Yeep believes it can be a part of the solution to challenges such as climate change and the scarcity of resources? Yes, of course. I, I'm sure that every company is putting more attention into that. The worldwide attention is yeah. growing in that aspect, which is, which is great. It's a small step towards a bigger step. Absolutely. So the main purpose is to create more sources of protein coming from side stream of industrial uh, processes. So we are aiming for like, I believe any food tech startup for zero anger to come up with more affordable sources of food. So that's how we are kind of relate to SDG number two. Mm. We are aiming to produce a healthier and less processed food, minimum of ingredients. So here we are actually tackling the area of SDG3, 
Mm-hmm. In our mm-hmm. production process, we are actually upcycling spent East SDG 12. By using those, we are actually saving land, SDG 8, water, mm-hmm. SDG 6, gas emission, and reduce the amount of waste in the plant, SDG 12 again. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. So I see that currently your initial product is a functional concentrated protein. Are there plans to commercialize any other product options? Yes, sure. We are working in several directions. Our next phase will be the TVP, texturized vegetable uh, protein that we are already working on and Mm -hmm. more to come. That's fantastic. So then what would you say is the biggest challenge Yeep are currently facing with researching and developing your yeast protein products? So here I would say that process optimization is our kind of main focus at the moment. We have a great Mm. process in place that is scalable, working. We are already producing hundreds of kilos per year, but we need to make it even more efficient from all perspectives, raw material, lens, output, and cost. And this is the thing that we are working and doing at the moment. Mm, Okay, then. So has the COVID pandemic, for better or worse, had any effect on your day-to-day operations? So here I would say no. I'm Mm -hmm. even surprised with what we started actually in September 2020 and right in the middle or the beginning of the COVID. I'm even surprised with what we have uh, reached in less than uh, two years Yeah, and with the limited budget that we have as well. Mm -hmm. I I can say that, yeah, the COVID kind of stretched a bit the schedule. Once you are flying to Europe for, uh, let's say, for experiments, and then you need to stay five days in the hotel and you are moving to another country and you need to stay another five days in the hotel. But it did not affect in a critical way. So no effect of the COVID. On the contrary, I think that the COVID pushed all of that environment of the alternative food further on to a new to a new era, a new step, and, and awareness. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So then what would you identify as the biggest pain point in the food industry from your perspective? So I believe and my personal thought is the biggest pain point in the industry is the lack of protein from mm. animal and the plant-based source because of the global warming and the lack of land. Yeah. I think that in order to overcome this shortage, new disruptive technologies taking from other industries, such as, for example, the the, the biotech and the pharma, or using other new alternative protein sources will have to be adjusted, embedded, Mm. upcycled fast and cheap, of course, uh, by allowing more efficient yields. Yeah. For example, using precision fermentation, using a microorganism to express protein, at the same time that we are using those processes and we are yielding more protein, those processes will yield as well enormous amount of downstream biomass that we'll have to find ways to be used and converting into upcycled food as well. Things that are being ev- evolved those days as well. Mm, yeah. So then is there a particular group or innovation within the industry that you're excitedly keeping a watchful eye on? Of course, our competitors. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, but now, but now, seriously, uh, but we are following up, up on them as well. But the one that uh, 
uh, upcycling or recycling uh, food. We became members of the Upcycled Food Association. And this community that converts used material into new one amazed us. Uh, we are actually as well waiting till we start selling in the U.S. and then we will apply for the UFA ingredient standard. Mm. So every time that I look at their website or get the newsletter and hear about new startups that are coming from the UFA, I'm amazed of their work. So yeah. this is one. And on the agri-tech section, my kind of personal uh, preference, there is a startup called Vanilla Vida. Okay. They actually cracked the way of how to grow vanilla and not mm. in Madagascar, where the majority of the vanilla is coming from. Yeah. The vanilla is even uh, more powerful than the no and original one. And as mm -hmm. someone that's very much into sweets, I think their startup is amazing and they will change the world of growing vanilla. So do they have like a different method of developing the vanilla or is it the same method, just in a different area? I think the process and the conditions that they needed, they know how to replicate that to have it done in other places around the world. That's fantastic because creating vanilla is actually quite a manual process. There's quite a lot of needling and we, we've done a whole lot of research into it and it's, um, it's actually quite a lot of work. So that's exciting. I'll keep an eye out for that. So what's one thing you wish you had known when you first started developing protein alternative products? Actually, that food development takes more time than you think. I bet. It's long. <laughs> it's long. It's long yeah. cycles. Although it's evolving fast, at least what I have seen in the last couple of years, it's, it, it started to move even faster, which is great. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, Jonathan, we are coming to a close, but before we do, I just wanted to ask, what is the most important message you want our listeners to take away from this episode? The, the most important thing is that let's try to keep on developing and investigating new food ingredients, especially those that are actually coming from used resources. And all of that is in order to keep our planet for more years. It's a lovely yeah. and amazing place, even as it is, but we need to keep it for more years to come. It's a long journey and we will all reach new peaks with amazing new solutions evolving all the time. That's fantastic. That's a, that's a great place to leave it. Well, that's all for today's episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. Thanks for listening and thank you, Jonathan, for joining me today. You are welcome. Thank you for hosting me. If you'd like to know more about Jonathan and Yeet Proteins, check out the link in the description of this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And don't forget to leave a review and share with your friends. Until next time, you've been listening to Let's Talk Farm the Fork, a post-harvest podcast. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a supplier, consumer, or anyone in between the farm to fork journey, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today.